And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. I'm all over the place. I just spent the last 30 minutes. I meant to record this show 30 minutes ago. So 40 minutes ago, I sat down and I, uh, and I, and I, and I started, and I was looking things up. Uh, in particular, I was looking at, I was going to, I had to post, if, you, if, if you're looking at the feed, I posted an interview that I recorded several weeks ago with uh, Luke Moniz. You should check out that interview. It's a very, it's a very good interview. Uh, talk about it at the end of the show because I don't want to talk about. It. Eh, talking about it at the top of the show doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not going to promote anything right now uh, or then. Uh, it, but Luke Moniz happening in my head. His debut album. He's a very funny guy and he was very down to earth and he's very smart and he has a lot to say about comedy. And uh, definitely check out that album. He's a. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. Uh, definitely, I enjoy I enjoy his stand-up. I've not heard the album, let's just say that much. Uh, but it's available wherever you get your albums. You can buy it, you can listen to it, stream it, all that stuff. Any Hoosers, I was putting that up, and I was looking for the file, and I went, because I, record, I recorded the intro days ago. If you listen to LinkedIn Logs, which I know you don't, I've seen the numbers <laughs> compared to this show. <laughs> if you're watching LinkedIn Logs, if you're listening to LinkedIn Logs, uh, then you'll know that I uh, mentioned that re- me I recorded the intro to that interview um, the day I was recording that, which is Tuesday. I did both of those things. Also, I think I deleted. So anyway, I deleted the file by accident. I'm looking. I was looking for the file, and I'm going, "Where in the world is this file?" No, it's still it's in the desktop. Uh, I go, where, "Where in the world is this file?" I, I don't know where it is. And then I had a half second thought of, "Oh, it's probably in the trash." I skipped over it for like two for like two more minutes. I was like, no, no, no. I think I'll just record it, uh, re-record it. And then I'm about to press record. I open up the email with the press release and everything. And then I go, check the trash. Don't be lazy. It's just, it's literally a two-second thing. Clicked on it. Boom. Right there. I deleted the file by complete accident. Loaded up an audition. And uh, bada bing, bada boom. I'm getting emails left and right, baby. Who, who emailed me this time? The New Yorker? <laughs> it was a New Yorker. It was a newsletter. Uh, and, uh, cause I, I, I'm educated, baby. <laughs> and, and so there it was. I also did not edit, uh, LinkedIn logs yet. I haven't been doing like that. Anyway, uh, Luke Monez happening in my head out today. Definitely check it out. The interview is up. It came out before this episode and there we go. I've done the thing I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Two fit, 260. 260 is the episode number for this podcast. Now, there would be more if I stopped taking breaks, but also I don't care that much. I generally don't. Uh, what's going on? What, what have I been doing? Nothing. Nothing. Still a whole heap of nothing, which is worrying. And that's it. <laughs> that's my life right now. Got nothing going on, baby doll. Succession, I'm caught up on Succession. Oh, man. is Watching that show week to week is... I had... I don't know if I mentioned... When's the last time I recorded an episode? Uh, I, so I so Tuesday was the last time I dropped something. Anyway, I... Uh, I Succession, great show. Other shows uh, I, I enjoy as well. And... And and in shows like that, I'm not a, I'm not a huge on the internet person, with the exception of like 
uh, staying up to date on entertainment business news or like sports or something like that. But if anything, if I mean, like, like truly, I just don't know memes. I don't know the current phrases people are using. Uh, I used out of pocket once and it made me feel uncomfortable. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not that type of person to follow along with trends and everything. Anything that, that people like find out on TikTok, I'm finding out weeks later because I just, I just don't know. And I don't, I don't follow that closely. Any Hoosers, I, uh, I, I was, uh, uh, so I, I read a lot of news. I read a lot of news because I used to work in the news and, and you just can't, you, that's just a muscle that uh, uh, I continue to stretch at work. And every morning when I wake up, I go to the bathroom and uh, I read the news, <laughs> give me my morning routine before I go to the gym. So it's four o'clock in the morning, go to the bathroom, read the news, scroll through the news, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, NPR. Uh, I have uh, an app called Feedly that takes all of my RSS feeds and put puts them into you know different categories if I want or you know whatever gaming tech news sports whatever. Uh, but I was on Google News and I've and I had the, I've had this issue with Google News before, um, where a news story will be pulled and it's either just grossly fake or uh, 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 just. Blatantly ruins, like if it's a, a TV thing or a movie thing, blatantly ruins uh, the the whatever, the story or whatever, or a video game or whatever. And uh, and so Google News is not good. Same thing, Apple News is not good. Samsung News is not good. None of those aggregate sites or apps are good. That's why I use our, my RSS feed reader because I can just put in the New York Times arts section and the New York Times, you know. Uh, regular news sections, and then the Wall Street Journal, and 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 The Verge, and Engadget, and and IGN. I could put them into one thing, so I know where the sources are and where everything's coming from. Uh, I oh I, I I'm scrolling through. I'm like a second into a scroll, and Google News loads up a, a story from a Vulture, and it says Logan Roy, nineteen thirty something to two thousand twenty two, and I went, Are you kidding me? Like I had not even watched the episode because I I go to bed early. And so I have to watch everything the next day. And I go, are, are you kidding me? Are you like, are you serious about this? And I just flick it off. You know, I just fl- I flick it off and I go, great. Now I, now I, now I can't even uh, enjoy this, this latest episode of Succession. So then I spend, I think, you know, I, I go to the gym and I come back and, and, uh, and, and I check, I check uh, my, the C plus comedy's email and it says, and there's articles from <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and Deadline. It says how that, how the game changing twist in succession uh, 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 sets up the rest of the series and all this stuff. And I'm just, just so mad. So I, anyway, I took, I took Vulture. I'm no longer following Vulture. I, I, I never even subscribed. So I know I could never read their stuff anyway, but uh, I just, I was I, beyond pissed and you cannot win me back. Uh, so there you go. I'm done reading Vulture. All right. Uh, let's get on with these stories. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter written by Alex Weprin. AMC Networks to launch cheaper ad-supported tier of AMC Plus in uh, upfront push. Now, we've, we're, we're in this world of streaming now and linear has just been declining for the past couple of uh, years, maybe like decade or so. And it's it's been unfortunate to see the fall of it. I mean, mostly because I would say of, of cable providers charging out the wazoo. I think a lot more people would have a, a linear TV broadcast and a, a cable rather. I think they would have cable if 
if you know, Charter Spectrum and Verizon FiOS and YouTube TV and, and Hulu Live TV, if they were cheaper products, if they were, if they had, if there was an ability to, like, like I think DirecTV would still be in its heyday. Like, I, I like that, and and Spectrum would be in its heyday if they if they treated uh, cable like how people treat or how companies treat uh, streamers streaming. And having having a you know Netflix having a an ad supported product or just a, a, a an eight ninety nine product where you can watch a seven twenty p a god I don't know why you would do that don't not in today's day and age but watching a seven twenty p a stream all a single stream for that you know for their one home you know I, I I think that is while it's not the most successful thing especially now uh, it is something that people want stridently over an ad supported stream or paying twenty dollars for four K streaming. I mean even look at HBO Max or Max now. It's gonna be uh a, a tw- there's gonna be a twenty five dollar version and a I think twenty or twenty five or twenty two. One of those numbers and then the and then the ad supported version and then the the regular version without four K streaming. Stop charging for four K. Four K should be like just like ten eighty P should be the standard. Four K should be the standard. Stop charging for it. Okay. Anyway, uh, 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 now AMC Networks, which is a cable product, it straddles. I think yeah, AMC must be the only thing that the only cable network that's no, uh, well, the only basic cable network that straddles the line between uh, no Discovery. Discovery does it. Discovery Plus. All right, never mind then. So Discovery Plus and AMC Plus are the only ones, uh, basic cable, that straddle the line between uh, a streamer and cabler. Correct. Because HBO Max is premium. Max is premium. Uh, Disney Plus is premium. Oh, no. No, Disney Plus does it too. Yeah, yeah, because it's a Disney channel. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But AMC Networks was the first cable thing to do it to come out with a streaming platform and people seem to like it. People seem to enjoy it. I think it's a better add on product. I think it's a better product where you go to Hulu, you go to Amazon uh, prime video and uh, you go, Hey, I'll pay you the $9 for AMC plus as opposed to downloading the app. Cause the app is apparently not good. It's got bad ratings, but I use it on Amazon prime whenever I get that uh, $1 for two months special. So currently, the current cost is $9 for AMC+. Plus. You go to YouTube TV, you can get it, you can get it anywhere. But there's an ad-supported tier that they want to come out with, which I'm guessing if the, if the premium version is 9 which I'm thinking they're going to bump up to $10, I'm, I'm going to guess that the cheaper version will be 5 or 6 The ad-supported tier will unlock the ability for advertisers to buy more time across specific shows genres of franchises whether they're on linear amc plus or uh, on an ad-free supported streaming platform like fast which is Tubi, pluto pluto tv is owned by paramount and paramount owns paramount plus so so imagine imagine being able to buy let's say uh let's say they have a channel for beavis and butthead which i do think they do but uh, let's say and ads of uh, Nike. Nike could buy um, ads for the Fast, which is Pluto, the free ad supported streaming, and then it could uh, for 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 Beavis and Butthead, and let and then and then they can go okay. Uh, now we get now uh, that also unlocks ads for Paramount Plus with 
uh, 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 ads. And then also that allows us to buy ads for Paramount Network and MTV or um, Comedy Central where I guess Beavis and Butthead now currently airs because they don't air on MTV anymore because Comedy Central is the cartoon thing, the bastion. I think only because of South Park. I think this is the last season of Aquafina's Nora from Queens, and uh, I think the other two is also on that Comedy Central. Either that or it moved to Max. But anyway, AMC is joining Disney Plus and Netflix with ad-supported tiers. HBO Max also has one, and Apple TV Plus is the only streamer that has completely ad-free. Who else is who else has ads? Oh, Freevee, Freevee, so that's Prime, and uh, Paramount Plus. No, excuse me, I'm sorry. A paid ad tier would be uh, Peacock, Paramount Plus, and that's it. Peacock, Paramount Plus, Disney, Netflix, Max, and now AMC Plus. But while those other streaming services are pursuing as broad an audience as possible, AMC Plus remains focused on appealing to what it sees as a core audience. There are like look, look at look at the shows that AMC has made the past couple of in the past decade: Mad Men, The Walking Dead, uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Lucky Hank, Discovery of Witches. They're not looking for uh, the, uh, what you know when when Prime, when Jeff Bezos and and the uh, and the head the head video guy of Prime. Uh, when he was there, and now it's Jen Salk. But they were talking about how they want big, bombastic. They want they want their they want their Marvel shows. They want their Game of Thrones or Marvel movies. They want their Game of Thrones. They want those two big blockbuster style franchises. Uh, and and AMC Plus, they know they can't have. They know they're never going to have that. They can't have it. They never will have it. By God. <laughs> So when advertisers, when they buy uh, um, uh, ads for you, like you're never going to see uh, the most an ad for I don't know uh, Dole pineapples <laughs> on on uh, on Lucky Hank or or uh, Better Call Saul. You're not you're not going to see you're not going to see these you know something that everybody can be into. You're only going to see probably more niche companies buying ad space ad time because that's the one that's where they they do well and it makes sense for AMC to do that so they're going to be they're going to be doing that at their upfronts in a month or so a couple of weeks here AMC networks uh, also announced uh, an advertising insights and data platform for media buyers and advertisers called Audience Plus, meant to help marketers map out specific target audiences. For example, a buyer with inventory across their channels, AMC Plus and AMC's Fast Channels, could see who is watching and where and adjust accordingly. Accordingly, rather. So, prepare to see essentially more targeted ads if you are somebody who enjoys the uh, the environment that is um, uh, AMC. Like imagine you get a PlayStation 5 commercial for the video game, The uh, I don't know, hold on, um, Last of Us just came in. Uh, um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, uh, no, Horizon Burning Forest. What is that game? Horizon Zero Dawn is the first one. Horizon Flooding Isles. I have a computer in front of me. I will not look it up. 
the second Horizon Zero Dawn game. <laughs> There's a new expansion that just came out, and so you're you're probably going to see ads for that because I'm I like I would I would bet that young men eighteen to thirty four are the uh, are are very big into watching AMC Plus. If that, I guarantee you, it's, it's at least thirty four to fifty six, which is not a good age range. Anyway, for TV, for life. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, I would like to talk about... I'm going to move this up. This comes from Hollywood Report, also written by Alex Wepper. Netflix to shutter legacy DVD by mail business. Now, typically, I'll, I'll switch... I'll try to go, you know, from like Variety to, to Deadline to New York Times or whatever. But uh, it's... I, I also... The thing that happens is Wherever I see the link come in first, I'm going to attribute that as the first thing I saw. So I probably saw there's three, <laughs> there's two New York Times articles in this episode, as well as three THR Hollywood Reporter ones. So my bad. But usually it's a variety showdown. So there you go. Netflix is ending its mail in business. September 29th, 2023, you'll no longer be able to subscribe to Netflix and get. DVDs by mail. That's how the company started out. That was their bread and butter before streaming became a big business. I, we, a uh, little known fact, my family had Netflix for the longest time. I think it started, uh, it's 25 years old. Yeah, so probably, oh boy, we had it for when I was in high school. So we probably had it for a, a long time because it was an alternative to going to Blockbuster. And then sometimes I would try to convince my mom to take to take me to Blockbuster while also getting another DVD in the mail. <laughs> oh my gosh. Getting those getting that DVD, like the DVD in the mail was so great because it could be it could be a new movie that you put on the list and then you, you just rip it open and it's just there. Sometimes they're a little scratched up. But man, there was nothing like because it was so different, like like going to Blockbuster and getting the movie or just like even getting a Netflix DVD in the mail was just, oh my gosh. I just didn't, I enjoy, it just, it just brings something better than, you know, me sitting down and watching Murder Mystery 2. Watch both Murder Mysteries back to back and, and you'll, you'll appreciate them more. And don't go on the, don't go online. Just watch the movies. And don't, and don't get high or get drunk. Just watch the movies. Just enjoy it. And people will be like, oh, but Spider-Man. <laughs> Just enjoying her stupid Marvel movies. Years before it ever streamed uh, TV shows or movies, Netflix launched with a simple idea, replace the out- outmoded DVD rental experience by delivering DVDs to customers and letting them mail them back whenever they're done. The first movie they ever shipped was uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's very funny. The DVD division has shrunk over the years. It had $146 million in revenue in 2022 and 183 in 2021, down from 239 in 2020. And in Q1 of this year, it took in uh, just $32 million. Wow. I enjoy it. I, I, think, I think it's still a good business. And then there's at one point they tried to spin it off into quick, I think QWIK, and that didn't work. And and, uh, and they're just, I guess they're just like, all right, we're going to keep it. And now it's... And now it's now it's ending. Wow. Netflix, the, the writing's been on the wall for years. Netflix hasn't broken out. How many DVD subscribers it has in 2019? I mean, I, I do. Jesus. I think I, it's still I still it's still an important part of the business. There are people like me who collect movies. I have that black. There's a there's a black book. If you're watching the video, there's a black bookcase. Uh, you see my dining room table. 
and then you see the bike I use for Peloton, and then if you look above that, uh, next to the uh, the photo of the Rat Pack, <laughs> the poster of the Rat Pack, on the wall above the couch, there's a big black uh, 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 what it bookcase, and that is all DVDs. It's all TV shows and movies, uh, col- not collectors editions, but you know special editions and everything. It goes, it's everything from DVDs I've had from when I was like from. The late 90s and early 2000s, all the way up to uh, 4K Blu-rays I bought just a couple of months ago. Um, and I, I love, I like collecting only movies I want to watch. There are people who have just hundreds and hundreds of video games and movies that they all can't play at, at once. And I just want to collect movies and TV shows and games that I want to watch and play. But there is a big, there is a big, and I know this is about renting from Netflix, but there, I still think there's a, there's a huge business for just like vinyl. Vinyl is coming back. Vinyl is back, rather. Uh, people would want, especially because like, well, hold on, let me finish these thoughts. There's a big business for physical media. Um, uh, people want to be able to uh, uh, hold on to their, to the hold on things. If you look at uh, the one of the big concerns as to why I collect. Uh, uh, physical things. Quickster. Quickster was the name of the company that Netflix uh, was trying to spin it off to. What I wanted, what I want is uh, there's at any point in time, Apple could go. We don't want to. We don't want to sell music anymore. And you're done. And we're going to cut it off. Uh, Amazon could go. We don't want to uh, stream movies anymore and TV shows. You're done. We can cut it off. We're going to cut it off. Uh, I've seen. I've seen video games get removed from the PlayStation Store and. Uh, uh, an Xbox store, Microsoft store, and 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 we and now there's tons of games from Nintendo consoles that we can't play unless you have an SNES or a GameCube, and that's why people uh, uh, have ROMs and emulators and things. Uh, that's why my Steam Deck has so many Pokemon emulators because I just want to be able to play Pokemon from the Game Boy or Pokemon from really Game Boy Advance. I don't want to go back to Red and Blue. I, I'm tired of those. I played those literally hundreds of times i've just so many hours wasted when i was a child uh but at any point those companies can go we don't want to do this anymore and now uh it's it's great to be able to uh with the exception of some games i think a lot of games are now tied into an online aspect and if your xbox or your playstation aren't online then you can't play those games because it thinks you don't own them but i can sit down and go i can i can have two versions of the reno 911 movie (laughs) Reno 911 Miami. I can have two versions of that because there, for some reason, are three different DVDs, but two of them are completely different. Uh, I can have I can have two versions again. This this used to this used to only happen in the uh, early 2000s. I can have two DVDs of not another teen movie, both unrated, but both have completely different special features. I can have Tenet. I can have uh, all the Batman movies. I can have Watchmen. I can have all this stuff uh, readily available to and then. To, to watch and then uh, I mean here I live I live in a, in a in a nice apartment with Google Fiber and everything and and I can and I can stream to my heart's content and 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 this and that but other people don't have those luxuries of being able to some people have you know Xfinity and they have a cap they have a, and everything and I can I can do seventy a hundred gigabytes in three seconds <laughs> um, but oftentimes sometimes the not oftentimes sometimes within my the, I've lived here for what, three years or so. Uh, three years exactly. Excuse me. Uh, there's um, uh, 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 sometimes the internet goes out. I would say in total, maybe 
three times. No, eh, a couple times. Maybe three or four times, and it's been because of, you know, heavy winds in, in the Atlanta area or because of heavy rain or for no reason at all. And uh, and I and I just like the, to be able to take, most recently, within the last month, the internet went out, and I rewatched a Lego movie because I'm able to just grab the disc and put it in there. Can't do that for Lego Movie Part 2 because I own it digitally. I own all the Lego movies. It's very true. There's only four. <laughs> Ninjago, Lego Movie, Lego Movie Part 2, and Lego Batman. Anyway, I, there's still, I still think there's room for the movie business, but if Netflix doesn't have to focus on, on this and they can focus on streaming, then you know, by all means. But I think Redbox is uh, wanting to buy uh, the, um, uh, the movie. The, the, yep, Net, uh, Redbox wants to buy... Netflix's uh, DVD business and Redbox those are still around you can go to a CVS you can go to a Walgreens and you can see the kiosk outside I used Redbox let's see I lived here for three years uh, I've used it within the last three years I think yeah yeah definitely because I've definitely used it while I lived here uh, yeah, Redbox is still good I still like to be able to uh, to I mean in the in the location it is and I'm not gonna go there <laughs> the one I'm thinking about <laughs> Uh, on on Ponce, uh, in this where I know where there's a I I give back to the community. I help people out when I can, but there's a contingency of homeless people around this one red box, and I don't want to be haggled, hassled. So I also don't want to be haggled. Um, CEO of Chicken Noodles, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, which now currently owns Red Box, uh, Bill Rohana acquired uh, Red Box in. Uh, last year for $370 million. And um, he says that the Hollywood, he tells her Hollywood reporter that Netflix has brushed off his attempts to purchase his DVD business three or four times before Netflix decided, uh, announced his decision to sunset the business on Tuesday. I think that would be a very smart move for a company like Redbox because it is still operating in that space to have this ability to send Movies, because right now I don't think Chicken Soup is going to be able, and 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 you are correct in thinking that it is the book series Chicken Soup. I think I think that's the same the same Christian book series. Uh, I don't think that they have the capital or the 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 processes to in order to be able to send things out. Uh, it, this is this would be such a smart move for Netflix just to, to I mean just to get rid of it. And now uh, uh, Redbox. You know, Redbox is everywhere. It's Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, Dollar General. I mean, there are people who still, like I said, pick up these movies. I, there's a there's a Publix. Uh, this is gonna sound so bad. There's a Publix in Atlanta again that has a lot of unseated characters hanging around it. But there are two Redbox kiosks in the front. Uh, when there's a when there's a police officer at your Publix, just standing outside, waiting for like there's a couple officers just waiting. You know. Come on. <laughs> That's not the public's I go. I go to different publics. <laughs> anyway, this would be I like I really I really hope that Chicken Soup is able to uh to pry this business away from Netflix cuz it makes no sense for I mean there there are two different categories. It it'd be like, you know, uh, uh the weekend uh, uh uh being mad at I don't know who's let's see who else does music. Uh, uh, the chicks, you know, it'd be like the weekend and the chicks being mad at each other, uh, because they're both doing music. But Netflix is doing streaming. Weekend is doing R and B. 
the chicks are doing country. Redbox is doing DVD. Now, Redbox does have streaming, you know, offers and everything. You can you can rent and buy movies on Redbox's app. I don't know why you would do that. Same thing for the AMC Theaters app. But you can do that. You can, you can do it. Okay. This next one comes from, now we can do this story, which I talked a little bit about in LinkedIn Logs. Uh, this is from the uh, excuse me, <laughs> New York Times, written by John Coblin and Brooks Barnes. Hollywood writers approve of strike as shutdown looms. So now there, there's a contract that expires from the Writers Guild of America, or WGA, from here to forth. Here to forth. <laughs> writers Guild of America. That said, more than 9,000 writers approved a strike authorization with a 98% vote. On May 1st, when the contracts with major Hollywood studios expires, the heads of the, of the Writers Guild, both the East Coast and West Coast, can go, okay, we're going to strike and no one's going to write TV shows and movies until we get what we want. This is not, the strike authorization is not saying they're on strike right now. They're saying there's a possibility, there's a chance and we will do it. And and we have the and we have the votes to do so. Uh, it's the the one of the biggest issues right now. This is the, if you'll remember in two thousand eight two thousand seven, uh, the Writers Guild writers all striked at that time because uh, for for monetary reasons. And this is happening again because writers aren't getting the respect they deserve, especially in this era of streaming. There's a lot that goes into it, and uh, these these uh, contracts are ratified every couple of years, but. Uh, the the one of the biggest things is streaming. Let's say you write a show for Disney Plus. Disney's going to take a majority of the money every single time. You're essentially just going to get a pittance for working there. Pittance, pittance, pittance. This comes from Winston Cho at the Hollywood Reporter. Los Angeles filming delay days decline amid studio uncertainty over potential writer strike. Now, uh, this is a uh, little tidbit. I saw a headline that said Ted Sarandos, the head of Netflix, wasn't worried about the writer strike because Netflix has like a glut of releases for the remainder of the year, just like I guess like sitting in uh you know in their in their back catalogs, and uh, it that seems just kind of um what's the word I'm looking for, uh, uh uh like he's not hearing and understanding that there's a real issue when it comes to the writers, uh and 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 the and, and not being able to to get paid for, for these uh, projects that they're doing. TV shooting. Local office Film LA attributed the drop-off to suspension of production decisions, quote, pending the outcome of corporate restructuring actions and industry labor negotiations. The first quarter shooting quarter that ended in March saw a uh, 7,476 shoot days. According to Film LA, the figure represents a 24% decline from the same period last year. At the same time, Los Angeles was enjoying a product production surge due to a backlog of content stalled by the COVID-19 pandemic. The film office reported that the start of 2022 was the busiest first quarter ever with 9,832 shoot days. The latest report shows that the post-COVID production surge has stopped. Okay. In 2017... A last-minute deal was struck with studios uh, not long after 96% of the writers voted to authorize a strike. The strike in 2007 
lasted for a hundred days and cost Los Angeles uh, economy two point one billion dollars. And what happens with a strike is you're not going to get SNL, you're not going to get late night shows, you're not going to get uh, 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 shows that had writers' rooms that were uh, about to start production. You're not going to get anything. Pretty much. Writers are working a lot. Uh, it's funny because like I, my entire life I wanted to be a writer and uh, I, I went to school for writing and, and I'm reading this and I'm just going, well, this is the job I'm getting into. <laughs> Even though all of my background is in production, uh, producing. There are job cuts coming from all over. Warner Bros. Discovery <laughs> was part of that. Disney, Paramount, Apple, everybody, everybody's cutting jobs. The writers have taken particular aim at so-called mini rooms. They're not sympathetic to the job cuts around the world, uh, around the studios, but and uh, writers are taking particular aim at uh, so-called mini rooms. There's no one definition of a mini room, but they have proliferated in the streaming era. In one example, the studios will convene a mini room before a show has been picked up by a studio and scheduled to air. A small group of writers will develop a series and write uh, several scripts over two or three months, but because studios have not yet ordered the series, they will use that as justification to pay writers less than if they were an informal writer's room. Oh my gosh, said union leaders. They didn't say, oh my gosh, I added that. And given the relatively short duration of the position, those writers are then left scrambling to find another job if the show is not picked up. Wow. That is, uh, that is a shocking thing to hear. That I, I mean, you know, right, and writers often don't get, unless you're, unless you're a big name, writers often do not get a, uh, a recognition, and now and now and, and oftentimes I see, you know, I mean, how often do you do when you when you're watching the Emmys or you're watching the Oscars and a writer gets up uh, to or a producer, writer or a producer gets up to accept an award, and and people on like watching the television know that person, and like unless you're specifically not because like the 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 person who. Uh, uh, Hold on, I'm I'm looking up very specific people. The okay, people who watch Free Solo don't know Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai, uh, Vera Shaheli. They know Alex Honnold, the guy who was the subject of the documentary. People don't know Mike White. They might know him because he was on Survivor, but they also don't know that he did School of Rock and that he is uh, is the the person who refuses to hire people of color for White Lotus. People do, people know Andy Samberg, and he happens to be a writer, but that's because he is already a big name. Same thing for Tina Fey. Same thing for Seth Meyers. It's just unfortunate. That's just an unfortunate thing. Same thing for Issa Rae. I'm going to name some people of color now. Uh, uh, Quinta Brunson. You you want everybody to be able to make money. People think people think this is this is a very um, uh, I think I, I told the story on uh, the uh, LinkedIn logs, but since nobody listens to that show, I'll tell it here. When I like people think everybody is rich in the entertainment industry, it is not true. If you have an agent, you're splitting. You, know, you get paid, let's say, ten thousand dollars for an episode guest role or a guest spot or something or a featured character or whatever. Then uh, you got to split money with your agent. You got to pay taxes. 
you know, if you have a manager, you got to pay that person, and then and then you're you're left with what four five thousand dollars, if that. Anyway, when I was at when I I in twenty uh, when I graduated college, couldn't find a job for the life of me. And then uh, I was working at you know various odd jobs and everything. And at one point, I was working at a UPS factory, um, and and I need I really so badly desperately want to get out of there. And I just was applying around everywhere. And then finally, I got lucky, and I landed a position at um, my local NBC news affiliate WXIA, which I've talked about here on before. And I the the night the Wednesday night that I got the email that I got that job, I was going to bed like so early so I could wake up at, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning so I can go to the factory. And uh, I remember I, I just jumped up, ran to my mom. And I was like, look, I got that job. And then, uh, cause I was living at home cause I couldn't afford, everybody's getting married. Everybody's going to get their masters and I'm just living at home, not able to, uh, to do anything, just making like $8 an hour at UPS. Anyway, uh, anyway, I show up late the next day and I tell, uh, I show I do I show up late to work and they're like what happened and I was like oh my car broke down uh, and I and then eventually I tell an H, the uh, HR rep who I'd been like begging for like a regular job <laughs> no, that's not in the factory and then uh, and then she lets it known to every supervisor in that factory people are walking up to me people I've never spoken to walking up to me Chad congratulations on the job oh we're gonna miss you here you're such a hard worker all this BS but the guy on my conveyor belt because I worked on a conveyor belt dumping bags dumping bags my shoulders I have like this shoulder I'm not kidding my left shoulder has never been the same um uh it is significantly weaker than my right shoulder just because of the same repetitive motion anyway but the guy on my conveyor belt he uh he's like he's like oh yeah I heard you getting you got a new job what's you gonna do and I was like yeah I'm gonna be uh if you don't know a position at uh, a news channel uh, from local to CNN uh is a help desk and you're essentially this is when you like you call in a tip and uh, someone's like hey uh, there's a fire at uh, 10th Street and then you go okay thanks we'll send you know some we'll I'll tell reporters or whatever. <laughs> And uh, and that was my and that was my job and I was making ten dollars an hour, which is significantly less than what the interns were making. Um, and <laughs> I um, and I, I was like I was like yeah I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be I, all I said was I'm gonna go I got a job at Eleven Alive News and he goes oh my god we just making six figures like a hundred thousand or something I was like no <laughs> what everybody thinks people in the industry are rich it is untrue. Untrue. Your favorite comedian that like does a guest star uh, uh, role on um, uh, like you know friggin' Night Court doesn't make that much money. <laughs> That's why people continually work. Anyway, uh, shoot days in Los Angeles have dramatically dropped from commercials to TV to movies. Uh, it's important that the like Los Angeles makes its money that way with with stuff shooting in in the city that's why tax incentives are very important that's why you see atlanta new york chicago uh uh, uh, uh montana you know kansas that's why cities are offering up all types of incentives we need to get this fixed and finally buzzfeed news buzzfeed news buzzfeed news okay all right all right BuzzFeed News is my favorite uh, wiki. It's like Wikifeet, 
but except it's uh it's it's a it's an aggregate news site for uh for feet posts so whenever whatever whatever uh uh there's a new foot on the internet boy howdy we get it we get on there fast we this is my pitch if buzzfeed is going to buzzfeed news is going away not buzzfeed itself but buzzfeed news is going away i want buzzfeed news to be made i want whenever uh uh uh, uh margot robbie has a new movie and her feet are in that movie ooh baby you better show it you better put it up there i better see an alert i better see breaking news the chiron the lower thirds breaking news hot feet alert Look at this stuff. It was in some shoes earlier, and now it's a little bit sweaty. I want to see feet from everybody, women, men, non-binary, the rest. I'm not going to name anything else. I just want want to see some feet. It's not porn. It's not disgusting. It's not creepy. It's just a bunch of feet. Oh, my God. You see me on the feet in the world. Oh, I can just smell it already. Oh, the smell of fungus. And socks and swart. BuzzFeed News. I said feed again. Which dragged media into its digital age shuts down. This comes from Benjamin Mullen and Katie Robinson over at the New York Times. BuzzFeed News is shutting down. Now, I, I for years, I did not like, uh, I still don't like BuzzFeed. But for, for, for better or worse, BuzzFeed News, the section of BuzzFeed that did news, really helped pull in uh, the, 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 like it said in the headline, the digital age for, for news. I mean, it's just things that could happen so fast and whether they were, I mean, it wasn't the best news, but they did have some Pulitzer prize winning, uh, uh, articles over there, but, uh, or features rather stuff about like, like sex trafficking and, 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 and criminal justice and all that stuff. But the thing is, they, the, the, because of the name BuzzFeed and, you know, that section that featured all of the, the, the listicles and the, and the, and the, you know, the quizzes and things, because people, they were able to draw people in with that, they were able to have this big footprint with this news organization. Uh, it was founded in 2011 in the run up to the presidential, for that following year's uh, presidential uh, election. It explored stories both slight and serious through listicles and clickbait style headlines designed to go viral on social media. It drew attention from its ambitious, sharp reporting, however, and went on to open overseas bureaus and investigate in investigative journalism. You know, I mean, if if anything was going to close down, I would think it would be Vice. That's not to say Vice that there's no need for Vice. I do think there are there are places for it was it, it okay. BuzzFeed News did have people from New York Times and Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal, and and they were and they were able to be brought in and do kind of the similar work that they were doing on those on those sites. But uh, what BuzzFeed News and Vice have is something is a they're an ability to talk to uh, a younger generation as opposed to the Wall Street Journal because who's who's subscribing to that besides me and you know fifty fifty year old uh, men. Who who love seeing numbers go up and down? <laughs> For all its accomplishments, the news division failed to make money, unable to square the reliance on digital advertising and the whims of social media traffic with the considerable costs of employing journalists around the world. I mean, th- that's what happens. That's why we see uh, 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 bureaus shut down uh, periodically, every so often, uh, and. I mean, I mean, it's tough. And in my bureaus, I mean, like news bureaus, um, not like the Bureau of the Federal Investigation. <laughs> 
the founding editor of BuzzFeed News, left uh, Ben Smith, left in 2020, said in an interview that he was really sad about the closing. There are other websites like BuzzFeed News and Vice that I mentioned before. Vox, Vox laid off 7% of its staff in January. Uh, and then also Vice is still looking for a buyer. It was previously had a lot of uh, money thanks to companies like Disney. And then at one point, Disney just devalued it and it just plummeted. I think it took its value from um, a billion or two down to several hundred million, which is uh, a, a big, a big drastic step. Some of its, uh, some of BuzzFeed News' traditional media competitors ultimately uh, emulated BuzzFeed's obsession with its readers' habits, with editors glued to online dashboards created by companies like Chartbeat and Parsley to measure audience behavior. Now we used we used uh, Chartbeat for um, Eleven Alive News, the aforementioned Eleven Alive, uh, and uh, this was after a big restructuring, and they had they they redid the newsroom and. Um, uh, if I, I did not have anywhere to sit for like eight months straight. So I would just, and this, and this is when I, this is, this is when I went from help desk to digital producer where I just made my own, my, still same amount of money. Uh, I'm, uh, I just made my own title and I didn't have anywhere to sit and they made a new, they made a new help desk, but it was for, uh, the produce the current producer, uh, who was, who was going to like, so like if, so if we if they finished the morning show, they would have the producer for the afternoon shows and the evening shows. Uh, so that person would sit there, and then like the, a line producer, and then uh, like the real digital editors, <laughs> and then the 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 two people who were in charge of the help desk. So it was usually like one one person who was like who was would essentially send out the assignments. He wasn't assignment editor. He would send out the assignments, be like, hey, uh, uh, you know, uh, Matt, you need to go to um, uh, you know, Valdosta. I don't know. I couldn't think of a thing. And then like, hey, there's, hey, we need to talk to the PIO and Decatur. Um, and here's, you know, here's his information. Oh, hey, the satellite truck is trying to feed in something. Let me go get that. And then the other person would be the person who would essentially back the other person up. And then there was another help desk person, which was me. I was the third person. But anyway, there was no room at this now. I think a pick shaped, so it looked over. <laughs> If watching the video, but it looked kind of like almost like a very round triangle, uh, and they had you know seven seats for them and none for me. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about that for? Oh, but in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the table were uh, so they had everybody had computers, <laughs> and so in the middle of the table was I think three or four TV screens. Uh, safe to say there were TV screens because I don't think monitors were that big back then. But the instead of instead of like being uh, uh, horizontal, they were all vertical. They were all brightness completely up, and they and they all had uh, one different thing on there. So one would have you know streams from uh, TV streams from you know uh, the compete the com- the competitors and as well as like an NBC stream and then so things like that and then one of the other ones had chart beat on it and so you could see all the measurements of who's on the website now what stories are doing well right now and and this and that it's just it's like I mean it's like posting on Instagram and then going and then like refreshing the page over and over again like I need to see how many people like this. <laughs> So numbers are important. 
BuzzFeed is owned by HuffPost, which I believe they bought in, or excuse me, HuffPost bought BuzzFeed in 2020. They're going to continue posting news on HuffPost. I don't know if there's going to be a, a, a BuzzFeed banner of some sort, but they're going to continue doing news. They're just shuttering the division and everybody, and people are going to be dispersed. Not everybody's going to have a job, but people are being dispersed around the, the HuffPost and, and BuzzFeed offices. Financial pressures on the division news division had been apparent for years. Uh, there was a book. There's a book coming out about the digital media area called, uh, excuse me, era called Traffic, written by Ben Smith, where he writes that there had long been confusion, quote, about what Buzz, BuzzFeed News was for. I often thought that BuzzFeed News should have been renamed to something else. And if if HuffPost bought BuzzFeed or, or whoever, whomever bought whomever, uh, whoever bought whoever, not whom, uh, then I think that they should have opted to just fold BuzzFeed News into HuffPost. I think that would have been the better, the best bet, and really keep BuzzFeed for BuzzFeed because you don't go to um, I don't know New York Times for uh, a, a video a video of a review for for um horizon uh zero dawn forbidden isles burning light i don't know what the game is called whatever the second horizon game is called see like you don't go you don't go there for that you like they shouldn't they shouldn't be splitting they shouldn't excuse me they shouldn't have two types of dichotomies there shouldn't be multiple dichotomies rather on 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 that one side Oh, the cat's awake. <laughs> Doing cat things. BuzzFeed's been sued. BuzzFeed has had its own issues. This is what's going to happen. All right, listen. This is a long episode. If you like what you heard here, and you want to see a video version of the show, oh, excuse me, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where I talk to your favorite comedians like Luke Moniz who just put out the album Happening in My Head. I think that's what it's called. And, uh, yeah, I, t- I talk to comedians. There's video version of that on YouTube.com slash comedy Under uh, uh, YouTube.com slash comedy the playlist is called oh, The Interviews. You can watch that. You can also watch a video version of this podcast as well as the other two podcasts. LinkedIn Logs, which is the uh, LinkedIn Influencer Business News Podcast, where I talk about jobs and stuff, and um, Late Night Lately, which I'm about to record, which is the uh, late night podcast that I do, uh, and you can subscribe to those wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our premiere show, News Time, which is like the daily show, except way less funny. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, at C Plus Comedy. Follow me on those platforms, at Chad Black White. Like us on, oh, wait, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, uh, Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. And that's the end of the show. All right. Goodbye.